DJ PK, it's time to welcome in David Locke, brought to you by the Murdoch Chevrolet and Murdoch Hyundai, brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group, Murdoch Chevy and Murdoch Hyundai. David Locke, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Good. NBA basketball is back. You know that. Do you know anything else? Any of the uh, bosses let you know how this is all going to progress, proceed? Any details you can fill in? Well, I think we have like when training camps opening and all those kind of things. Do we? Do you guys have that? Is that like? Is that? Um, yeah, I think that's kind of public knowledge. So um, I don't think I have anything more that's public knowledge. If that's what you're asking, I don't think I have anything really special for you today. But you know, I think the players are. I think players have started coming back. I've noticed that a few more guys are in town than um, used to be. Um, so I think we'll see over the next 25 days. Um, you know, them all coming in at different rates, right? So I think there's something about overseas coming into town and then into the town of the team you're playing, and then training camp opens in 25 days and about a week worth of work before they go to Orlando, then 21 day or 20-some-odd days in Orlando, 24, I think it is, when the season starts. We'll see see how it plays out. Should be, should be interesting. Um, you know, I think we're in an age we've got to try to figure out what you can, uh, you know, we'll find out what works and what doesn't. I'm excited. How about you? Yeah, I really am. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think it's a different, um, it's a different thing than we've ever expected, but everything's different. So let's, let's see what happens. And it will just be nice to, I think, get into a regular flow and, and have games and, and we're going to have a lot of games, right? So they're trying, I think they said that you're playing eight games. You're likely playing one back to back and otherwise you're playing every other day. So, um, I think they're trying to get those eight games done in 15 days is what I heard. Um, so, you know, we'll have good, good, and there's no bad teams there. So you, you've got five or six games a day, probably, I would guess, on two courts and maybe three. Um, and so there's just going to be a lot to choose from. And it, there's going to be a lot of viewing to be done. It's going to be fun. So what is going to be the uh, weirdest, most, I mean, we all know this is not normal because of the calendar, but what is going to impact competition the most that is going to be really unusual, abnormal, different? So I would say early, I think, well, well overall, I just think no one, unless you're around these guys all the time, the, the pattern of their patterns, and they all have patterns to every day. Um, I think that's probably, from a mental health standpoint, what's been most difficult for these guys on this break. And I think that they'll probably, when you start doing our Zoom interviews and all that with them, I think that's what we'll start hearing from them is, you know, they're very regimented and they have various systems on how they do everything. And that's not, that hasn't been normal to them. This won't be normal either. Um, You know, I don't know how they're doing shoot-arounds. I don't know if there's any restrictions, how they're doing social distancing. I I don't know a lot of those things, but it won't be normal. Um, So I think the the players that are able to adapt to that um, are going to be the ones that have success. I think we'll see some players strangely slump, and it will just be the player who can't find the rhythm to get himself comfortable. A little bit, I mean, it even goes back to, like, Mike Conley talking about how he had always had a 45-minute drive to the arena and listened to the same playlist every day for a home game for whatever, 11, 12, 13 years, and then all of a sudden he lived six minutes from the arena and barely got through a song. And how it just kind of, he, he that was a huge adjustment to him early in the year because he just by the time he got to the arena, he wasn't at the same place he used to be. And those kind of patterns, are none of those are going to be similar. So I think that's going to be what's most interesting to watch how these guys deal with that.
How about the television? Is it going to be like a summer league, or are we going to have the locals? I don't, no, I'm not necessarily concerned. I know you are, obviously, but as far as being there. But I'm talking about what stations are going to be broadcast on. I don't have any official word on any of this, so I probably shouldn't comment. Um, you know, about what the hell? Um, I mean, I'm going to guess that even with national media, there's going to be, you know, some media that's embedded in the campus the whole time. Um, I've got to assume that there's going to be some media that comes in and out. Um, but I don't know how they do that. I would assume those people's access is vastly restricted. Um, and then from a broadcast standpoint, I, I you know, I, I don't know the answer. Um, you know, the way they do the Olympics is that there's two feeds out of every game. There's the NBC feed that we all, we all get the U S feed. And then, and they even do this out of the All-Star Game and the NBA Finals. And then there's another feed that's called the International Feed. Uh, our award-winning, um, Emmy Award-winning producer and director Travis Henderson is obviously often the director or producer of this for the NBA. And the International Feed goes out, and then every nation in across the world, when you hear, you know, late David Stern and Adam Silver talk about the game was broadcast to 65 countries. Well, how is that done? It's one feed that comes out and then each international, each country has their own announcers and puts their own graphics appropriate to their language on top of that broadcast. So I would suspect that something of that could be done. Um, and that way you don't have as many people there, but you also could have people that are just embedded the whole time. So if you're going to have that kind of media. So I think it's, it's some, somewhere in there, and I don't, I don't know exactly. I assume there have got to be some broadcasts because we've read so much about them hitting the number 70 for the regional sports networks so they get the full payday from those regional sports networks. So I assume that ESPN and TNT aren't taking all 88 of these games. I also assume that they have to be taking a big chunk of them because I've read that these 88 games are worth $300 million. Yeah, Woj said several hundred million dollars on SVP show, so I haven't seen anything that said 300, but he said several, so that makes, um, I don't know if that's somebody just taking that next number. Um, yes, um, or I think we could actually have, um, I, I, again, I don't know, um, but I, I could, I actually would guess that the local viewer's experience is going to be the exact same as normal. I don't think this is going to impact the fans at all. I think they'll have a TV broadcast. They'll have a radio broadcast. Um, they might note some differences in those broadcasts. Um, depending on what we're doing, I may really try to find something creative to do and do things really differently and see what works and what doesn't, kind of on the theme of every conversation I've had with you guys, that we have to find a new normal. Um, and to do things the old way is, is I think, wrong and archaic at this point. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, but I, I think from a fan standpoint, it will be the exact same experience that they've always had. They'll watch on the same channel. They'll watch it with Craig Bolajack. They'll watch it, um, and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll hear me and Ron. And, um, and so I think that I don't think there'll be any change in their experience. My, so what I'm kind of saying is I wouldn't be surprised if ESPN and TNT had non-exclusive and the local broadcast, you're, you're killing two birds with one stone that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's essentially what I was asking. I'm actually looking forward to that. If you're going to do stuff, you're one of the more creative people I know, so I'd be intrigued on that and see how that plays out and have some fun with it and see if you come up with some ideas and go from there. 
I'm wondering as we can. You gonna join me for the third quarter of the broadcast on Zoom? Uh, see, that's something you do right off the top of your head, man. Uh, or maybe you've already thought of that. I don't know, but yeah, I'm not, I mean, obviously okay. you, you've got a million ideas in your head, and you, you, I think your brain rests maybe 20 minutes a night. And that's including sleep. Uh, from Try. experiences, <laughs> not very good at it. <laughs> No, I'm trying meditation and yoga. It's been helpful. I've had more time to do it. It's trying. Good, because I know it's uh, always on the go there and rattling around. I'm wondering how all this stuff, you know, we have a, we'll see how it goes. We have an idea or a blueprint as far as what's going to happen in July and August and all that stuff in September, or August and September, I should say. Uh, how do you think this is going to affect all the stuff that goes on in the off season and then getting ready for the following season. So I actually think our draft stuff will be more prepared with less data. So in other words, there's less games played um, with our players, but I'm not sure that really, I mean like none of the primary, I actually don't know that's true. Actually, none of the primary guys were going to play in the tournament. So we didn't really lose anything there. Um, and I, from what I hear, there have been Zoom calls and, you know, meetings been taking place with players this whole time. I mean, there's no reason not to. And, and I think there's something interesting to that, right? I think you can learn in this unique world. You, I think you learn a little bit of, like, which player does a Zoom conference and stays connected? Which one do you notice is checking his phone the whole time and can't pay attention to you even just in a Zoom call? Which one shows up and is, you know, you can decide whether you, what you think of this. It depends on your point of view. Which one shows up? like with a button-down shirt and a tie on as though it's a job interview, which one shows up in just his t- in a T-shirt and shorts? Um, you know, which one's talking to family members the whole time it's going on and not paying attention to you? Which one is, like, in a closed room and engaged understanding the importance? I think you can actually learn a tremendous amount about in on the interview setting and maybe more so in a Zoom call than you do um, in the old meeting in Chicago at a combine. Um, and then I think there's, a, there's obviously been more time than ever to watch film and video of players, and I do think that if players and agents are comfortable putting players on planes that you're going to have be able to work players out I, I, I maybe I'm totally wrong on this but I'm just again I haven't talked to you I'm just deducing that if we're doing player workouts in the facility right now and we've figured out a protocol to do it and we're not having a problem with it then can you bring players in now the only pro, the only snafu there is if you bring I, I would assume you start to limit how many players you can bring in you bring in 100 players you've brought in 100 players and I don't think you're going to do the you know the three on three workouts or the, that you used to have um, maybe when I mean, we're playing games so maybe we're going to do that I don't know um, and if there's restrictions in one city versus another then that's a competitive imbalance and you have to avoid that so there's a bunch of pieces there but I suspect actually between now and the draft players will come into town to work out <laughs> um Maybe not as publicly as in the past, but I, I would suspect. So uh, I think the draft will be fine. Free agency looks like it's going to be truncated, but it's going to be a boring free agency. I don't – I'm not really buying December 1st, by the way. Um, I think December 1st was a, is a movable number. Um, and as, I, uh, as I've said the whole time, I suspect it to be December 18th, which is the, the week before Christmas. You buy that in the long run, though, they're not going to want August for the finals, that they're going to want August for the draft and free agency, that that's where it's really going to settle? I read a couple things about that, and there's just a couple people writing stuff, so it's not like it's set in stone by any means, but I, I did see a certain logic to it. Give me, uh, give me more. I did not see this. Who, who so the, this would basically tell be... Tell me who wrote it so I can go read it. 
Uh, I think it was ESPN.com. It might have been in Ramona Shelburne's article, but I don't know. I read a lot of them really fast. But I I think it was ESPN.com. So basically the theory, and this is me expanding on a little bit, would be playoffs in June and July and free agency and the draft in August so they don't get lost in the NFL. That they get a lot of mileage out of that. But that means starting the season – December 1 after the big Thanksgiving weekend full of football. You know, steer clear of that because that's a ton of competition. But then pretty quickly, December 1st, you can get it going. And it, it kind of feeds off your point that, yes, Christmas is a big deal, but you don't want to kick off there because op- the opening's a big deal and Christmas is a big deal. Why combine the two? Make them two separate things. So let me just say this. I think there's a value to moving away from the NFL. But I feel like the media has taken that two steps too far in all of their analysis and have proven to be wrong a lot. Remember, there used to be the story that we couldn't play past Labor Day because of the NFL. Well, we're now playing until October 17th, right? Like, I think there is an ideal that you can avoid that the less competition you have with the NFL is good, but I don't think it's just, like, avoidance. I mean, frankly, if we ran NBA free agency Monday through, like, uh, opened it up on a Tuesday, so the news started breaking on Monday or on a Wednesday, and it was midweek during an NFL week. I still think it would dominate the news. You might lose Saturday and Sunday. You might lose Saturday and Sunday, but I feel like it would dominate the news. So, I mean, sure, I guess you could just try to bend your entire schedule so that you get a week of free agency in, in the August um, and not have to pre Labor Day. Sure, um, but I do feel like some of this talk of being so fearful of the NFL, legitimately, I mean, it's huge, um, is overblown when, um, and it has proven to be overblown in how people have reacted to it so far. I would agree with that. I've been saying there's plenty of room at the table for all this stuff in the NFL. Uh, if you're going to have, stuff has its segments, and so, you know, what's going on, and there's potentially big news in a, in a given week in the NFL early in a week, uh, you know, as you say with that Tuesday. But if the NBA uh, is doing stuff that's going to be big, people are going to be paying attention. I I don't really see that as a big issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you want to have like you don't want to have your ABC Saturday Saturday night game going up against college football, and you don't want to have your you know your Sunday NBC or you know midday day of the week game going up against the NFL. Okay, that's legit. Like, that's completely legit. Let's avoid those two scenarios. Um, And, you know, it won't be great to have. I would guess that they're going to, the NBA final schedule might avoid Saturday and Sundays a little bit um, when they're going up against college or depending on what happens with college. So I think think you have to be a little, um, you know, you have to be smart, but I don't think it has to be the overriding policy. But we'll see. I mean, I mean, Ramona, I also would tell you, I mean, Ramona's really good, so I'm not trying to criticize Ramona, but I also, like, Woj is really good, and Woj is the one who came out with the Labor Day stuff that was totally inaccurate. What? <laughs> happens. You report that much stuff, it happens. And you know what? At some point in time, for somebody, here's the other one I think that's important. Like, when those reporters are talking to people, Ramona talked to three people, maybe two of those three, that NFL thing is really important to them. Now, by the time they get in the room of 30, it's, they get voted, they yeah. get outvoted or the world changes and it becomes less important because there's three other things that are more important. 
And so I think that's the, um, um, uh, you know, I think that's, um, I think that's worth remembering when you read some of these stories. I think that's a little bit what happened with the date, too. You know, if they had gone with 16 instead of 22 teams, and if they hadn't done those regular season games, then they wouldn't be going until October 12th. You know, that would short it up, and they'd be wrapping up in September. And there's a two-week delay here because apparently there's a bunch of foreign players who left and went back home, not knowing how long this was going to go. And so they got to be quarantined for 14 days. So even though they're ready to go, they're waiting for a lot of key players for a 14-day quarantine. So the NBA may have had its hand forced a little bit on going into October. Better to go into October than not do this, but ideally they probably would have rather had it done a little earlier. Right, right. All right, David, we appreciate a few minutes. The NBA is on the road back officially, and we will talk to you again next week. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Thanks. guys.